0: And now, live from the Wallenberg Studios in the heart of Utah, the Wallenberg Radio Network is proud to bring you The Brian Wallenberg Show. The Brian Wallenberg Show. A conservative take on politics, news, and current events, and even things the other guys don't talk about. And now, here's your host, the award-winning broadcaster, Brian Wallenberg.
1: And welcome on back to an all new exciting episode of the Brian Wallenberg show live here on the Wallenberg radio network here once again to talk about news politics and current events and all the great stories and as always have a lot of great insights as always and we're always here to provide all the great stories and yep and as always got Full agenda, lots to talk about. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get things started, shall we? Your voice, your vote. It's time now for
0: election coverage.
1: And as we are gearing towards the 2020 election, yeah, things are going to start heating up. And as we get closer, yeah, definitely more interesting and see if we get this huge red wave that we're also anxiously waiting for and possibly might get. Um, so we know we started out with at least a couple of dozen uh, big name Democratic candidates who are running for the Democratic nomination for president. And over the past several months or so, we had several of them drop out. Um, And uh, the newest one to drop out is Senator Cory Booker. So, yeah, Senator Cory Booker, the Democrat from New Jersey, announced last Monday he is dropping out of the Democratic presidential race. So, with his departure, former Massachusetts governor, uh, Deval Patrick is... Now, the only black candidate remaining in the 12-candidate Democratic primary. So, yeah, he uh, dropped out. Usually, what happens if uh, they're not doing too well in the polls and if there's a front-runner that you know you just can't beat uh, and not able to spend any more money? Well, that's what happens. You end up dropping out. So, yes. We have another one that bit the dust.
0: Another one bites the dust. Yep. Another one bites the dust.
1: Mm-hmm. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, <laughs> hey. yeah another one gone. Another one gone. Oh, yeah. That's. Um, okay. <laughs> I know, I know. Not make jokes about it, but. Yeah. So, yeah, so. Yep, but, uh, he is gone, and uh, you know it looks like Joe Biden is still the front runner in this. So, so Cory Booker does quote that nearly one year ago he got in the race for president because he believed, uh, to his core, that the answer to the common pain of Americans are feeling right now. And he's the answer to Donald Trump's hatred and division, so he quotes. And um, he thought he was the guy that take down Donald Trump, but not able to do so. I mean, I don't think any of them, even Joe Biden, Mister Front Runner Extraordinaire. And yeah, I do have another audio clip for you. This is uh, Joe Biden. This was probably a few weeks ago, where. Joe Biden says that millions are crossing Venezuela's border into Bolivia and uh, they don't border each other. And Joe Biden's always, you know, I, I over the past several episodes or so, I've uh, played audio clips of these candidates, you know, saying stuff with numbers don't match and... Joe Biden says with his plan he's going to put 750 million women in the workforce when he, when he's president. But there's not even, there's not 750 million women in America. There's, not, there's only 300 million people in general. But he always says all this weird stuff. So yeah, so here's Joe Biden saying that millions are crossing... Uh, into Venezuela from Bolivia, and they don't even border each other. It's coming up here.
0: what's going on in Venezuela right now. What are we doing? We're being irresponsible. I'm the guy that put together Plan Colombia, straightened that government out for a long while. You now, what's happening? Millions of people are crossing the border, destabilizing Bolivia, already destabilizing the Amazon, but,
1: you know, (laughs) Brazil.
0: Dealing with what's going on in Colombia. What? What are we doing? We're sitting here with our thumb in our ear. Why do we think populist movements occur? I don't know.
1: Yeah, Donald Trump, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that is their democratic frontrunner. Seriously, that's the guy leading the Democrats right now. And if that's the best they got, you know, I know I I shouldn't be one-sided, but if that's the best they got, red wave in 2020, here we come. But also, as we gear up to the election, now The justices on the U.S. Supreme Court is to consider faithless electors ahead of the 2020 vote. Now, uh, so the U.S. Supreme Court said on Friday it will decide ahead of the 2020 election uh, whether presidential electors are bound to support the popular vote winner in their states or can opt for someone else. So advocates for the court's intervention say the issue needs urgent resolution in an era of intense political uh, polarization and the prospect of a razor-thin margin in a presidential election, although so-called faithless electors uh, have been a footnote so far in American history. So the justices will hear arguments in April and should issue a decision by late June. So about 30 states require presidential electors to vote for the popular vote winner, and electors almost always do that anyway. So under the Constitution, the country elects the president indirectly with voters choosing people who actually cast an electoral college ballot for president. It takes 270 votes to win. You gotta have to get 270 electors votes to or more to become president so uh, so basically what's going on with this and i'll tell you what it is is that the way the constitution is set up to work is that whoever wins the popular vote in a certain state wins all the electoral votes so the electors in that state have to vote for the candidate so let's say donald trump won the state of texas the electors are supposed to vote for donald trump regardless who wins the national popular vote that's the way they're supposed to now as we know back in 2016 when donald trump won by an electoral landslide the electors were getting harassed, literally harassed by folks on the left saying, well, I don't care. You vote for Hillary Clinton or we're going to kill you. you know, they, they were getting all these threats and everything. Remember that back in 2016? I uh, guess they do have an option to do it. Now, most state laws say that regardless, you have to vote for who wins a popular vote in that state. And they have consequences legal consequences for electors who do not there's a few states that have recently in the past year or two um, passed state law that says the electors must vote for who wins the national popular vote regardless of who wins in that state of course that is unconstitutional and i haven't heard anything about that being overturned yet by the u.s supreme court but with the u.s supreme court uh, landing a decision by june that might they might override those laws because those laws are unconstitutional the constitution says that whoever wins a popular vote in each state wins the electoral votes in that state and that's how they're supposed to vote um so you know and it's gotten to the point because the democrats are gonna cheat obviously and pass laws that say regardless of who wins the popular vote in this state vote for who wins the national popular vote so it gets to the point to where the u.s supreme court has to step in and make a ruling and you know i'm kind of waiting to see what their decision is i mean we have a nice conservative base on the u.s supreme court so i'm i have faith that the decision is going to be fair and we definitely need it coming into the 2020 election so i gotta take a break I'll be back with more right after this in about one minute, so stick with me, be right back. You're listening to The Brian Wallenberg Show on the Wallenberg Radio Network.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? Politics, news, and current events—we do that better than anyone. Great news stories, great insights. You're listening to the Brian Wallenberg Show on the Wallenberg
1: Radio Network. Yeah, I know. I, I'm definitely looking forward to the election coming up this year. Get excited about presidential elections, and I have been since the fourth grade since Ronald Reagan was running for a re-election in 1984 till I started learning a little bit about politics, and that's where I got interested in. Turned 18 in 1992, so the first election I was able to vote in was 1992. Of course, I voted for George Bush, and he didn't win, so that's kind of a bummer there. So, But anyway... Uh, Yeah, let's uh, continue on, and let's go on now to our story, next story, and let's start off by talking politics.
0: It's time for
1: Brian's conservative
0: take on politics.
1: Because being conservative is the only way to be.
0: Because when he's
1: right, he's right. Well, it looks like the articles of impeachment have been sent over to the Senate, so we're now, just a waiting game to see what happens, and then it's going to be a few weeks. So we don't have a whole lot to talk about with that at the moment. Of course, Nancy Pelosi's making a mockery of it with these impeachment pens that she made and signed each letter of her name with each one so members of Congress can have souvenirs and making a big joke of it, being making a big mockery. But oh, well. Uh, let her have her fun while they have the power so so um the supreme court allows president trump to use 3.6 billion dollars in military funds to build a part of the border wall actually i'm sorry it's a federal appeals court not the supreme court i'm sorry about that in louisiana on wednesday ruled the government can use $3.6 billion in military funds to construct border barriers along the U.S.-Mexico border. So in a two-to-one ruling, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals based in New Orleans granted the administration's request for the court to stay or temporary halt a ruling made last month by a federal judge in El Paso that blocked officials from using military funds to build the border wall. So that got overturned in the Court of Appeals So, Judge David Briones, I hope I'm saying that name right, of the Federal District Court in El Paso in December ruled that the Trump administration's declaration of a national emergency at the southern border was unlawful. And that obviously got overturned. So, in the ruling on Wednesday, the conservative majority on the three judge panel cited a Supreme Court decision last year, which set aside an injunction by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and allowed the administration to use a separate allocation of military construction funds at the southern border. So, that's good news. Um, I know it seems like, hey, we we could be using that for military construction, but we really need to secure the borders for the safety of the American people, and we'll obviously get that replenished in the military at a later date to replace it so we just have to kind of it's a way of kind of overruling congress there a little bit so um but president trump is planning to divert an additional 7.2 billion dollars in pentagon funds for more border wall in addition to the 3.6 so yeah, President Trump is preparing to divert an additional $7.2 billion in Pentagon funding for the border wall construction this year, uh, five times what Congress authorized him to spend on the project in the 2020 budget. If you remember when they surprisingly passed a budget for 2020, it included some money for a border wall, not nearly as much as he wanted, but some nonetheless. So the Pentagon funds would be extracted for the second year in a row from military construction projects and counter-narcotics funding. And Trump also took $2.5 billion from military counter-drug programs for the border barrier wall construction in 2019. But this year, his administration is planning to take significantly more $3.5 billion. Uh, Trump administration officials also are planning to take 3.7 billion dollars in military construction funding uh, for next year, and it is th- their plans with this money is to get 885 miles of border wall built by 2022. Uh, so the move would bring the total amount of federal funds allocated to border fencing to 18.4 billion dollars under president trump who made the border wall barrier a priority during his campaign for the presidency in 2016 uh, he also pledged to make mexico pay for the border wall but uh, obviously that didn't work out so well so yeah that's kind of how that goes so Anyway, um, let's uh, continue on now. We got definitely got more to talk about, so we'll go on now to our next story. There's a civil war brewing in
0: America between Democrats and Americans.
1: Find out the latest in Civil War II. Definitely have to talk about these pesky Democrats so, is it treason? Ilhan Omar, Democratic Congresswoman from Minnesota, gives Iran military advice, suggests it could target Trump hotels. So, here's a member of Congress telling the enemy country how to take down the president. I mean, to me, that sounds like treason, but this is the how the Democrats have been acting towards America as of late. So it says here in the report, the in springly patriotic representative Ilan Omar, Democrat from Tehran, <laughs> as a joke. From Tehran, oh no, check that. I'm hearing she's from Minnesota. <laughs> That's a joke here in the in the report here. So she tweeted on Monday offering some unsolicited military advice to the Islamic Republic, meaning the enemy of the United States you know, of Iran. And she says, Trump needs to immediately divest from his businesses and comply with the emoluments clause. Iran could threaten Trump hotels worldwide and he could provoke war over the loss of revenue from skittish guests. So, this is, you know, kind of an outrage. I mean, we have... You know, the members of the Democratic Congress have always, lately, been against America. When ICE has been doing raids to apprehend illegals and deport them, Nancy Pelosi and other Democratic members of Congress have been telling the public that ICE is the enemy. And people tell people how to avoid ICE and make it sound like ICE is the enemy coming here to get you. Remember that? So now they're telling the enemy how to take down Trump. One way would be to target his hotels. So Omar's warning that Trump's business interest should not be driving military decisions, which I don't think they are. I mean, because they haven't been targeting Trump hotels. But she's making it so, probably making it so they will, telling him to do that. So then Trump will retaliate and then say, "Oh, you shouldn't uh, defend yourself." So this person, is Ilhan Omar. I mean, all the Democrats. I mean, they just got to go. They're the enemy of the people these days. Really, they're the enemies of America. I mean, it's not Trump. It's not the Republicans. Of course, they say that, but that's not how it is. They're Democrats are the one that are un-American. They're trying to destroy the country. within that's just how they are anyway I gotta take one more break be right back with some more great stories in one minute I promise be right back as my show continues you're listening to the Brian Wallenberg show on the Wallenberg radio network
0: Politics, news, and current events. We do that better than anyone. Great news stories. Great insights. You're listening to the Brian Wallenberg Show on
1: the Wallenberg Radio Network. See, the more I think about it, the more I hope for this huge red wave coming up in the election later this year in November. You know, we could have a big red wave, but I wonder. If it's going to be a big enough red wave, I mean, will it stop all Democrats? No, take them out of power, but it's not going to take them completely out. It seems like if there's any Democrats left anywhere, they're just going to cause trouble. And they always do. And they always will. But so let's go ahead and continue on. And yes, let's talk a little bit more about those pesky Democrats. We all know Brian is
0: conservative, but what are the liberals up to? Find out here on Democratic Chaos.
1: Probably should have talked about this in the beginning of the program when we're talking about the election, but one of the uh, presidential candidates, Elizabeth Warren, wants reparations for same-sex couples. Now, we know that all the Democrats a while back were talking about having reparations for all african americans you know as a try to get a little incentive for hey vote for us we'll take care of you You just try to steal votes but uh, you know i don't really think that they should get reparations for that it's just going to destroy the economy it's going to cost way too much but elizabeth warren is adding gay and lesbian couples groups Uh, that she would support reparations for. So, with all the other reparations, yeah, they want to add gay and lesbian growing list of groups for whom she would support reparations. So, basically, anybody not a white American gets reparations. Oh, unless you're gay or something. Ah, makes no sense. So, it's citing a tax code that was discriminatory against non-heterosexual that were tweeted on Saturday. Um, so it's basically, and she quotes, it wasn't until marriage equality became law that gays could jointly file tax returns. So this is her deal. It's because she thinks they're being discriminated, but th- if, if they weren't looking as couple, gay couples to be able to file taxes jointly. So that's what her deal is. So she says they paid more in taxes. Our government owes them, you know, uh, fifty million dollars for the years our discriminatory tax code left them out. We must correct our wrongs. Well, you know, there's also called post facto factor. I think it's called. We when they change a law, you can't go back and say oh you're entitled to something you know because no until a law takes effect whatever happens before it is fair game that's really how it works but yeah oh well that's yeah kind of how they look at it so anyway let's go ahead and continue on now to our next story people do a lot of things that are just too hard to believe so we've prepared this segment called... Seriously, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, well, probably not going to believe this. Out, you know how it seems like, you know, growing up in the 80s and stuff, it was fun. We are outside playing and everything. But the kids nowadays are tied to cell phones. And so if you know how it's become a growing problem... Which I, I agree. I mean, kids should get out and play, not be on the phone constantly. But one senator in Vermont wants to take cell phones away from anyone under the age of 21. Now, to me, this is communism. Um, it's not, it, sh- it should be the choice of the parents, which I totally agree. But they want to make it a law. So, Democratic Senator. John Rogers from Vermont, you know, not Bernie Sanders. Oh, surprising, but yeah, not Grandpa Socialist. But no, Senator John Rogers introduced a bill last Tuesday that would make possession of a cell phone under the age of 21 illegal in the state of Vermont. Oh, so maybe this is a state thing. That's probably why we haven't heard about it before in the national news so, Rogers said he proposed the bill to make a point, saying if you're not old enough to smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol, the same should apply to cell phones. Uh, seriously? Oh, and get this here. It says here, cell phones have often been used by mass shooters of younger ages for research on previous shootings. Are they smoking crack over there in Vermont? I mean... Seriously, uh, that's kind of... odd. Anyway, got uh, well, got time for one more quick story here for you. Great new studies and awesome inventions. It's time for scientific news. Got one more quick story before we go. Uh, you know, I, I like science and Also, like wildlife that, well, the nearly extinct pink dolphin gives birth to a pink calf. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to see a dolphin that's totally all pink, well, that's kind of rare. It's a rare and endangered species. So, yeah, that gives birth to a pink calf. So, it kind of heads a little bit farther away from extinction, which I think is good. So... Yeah, it's, uh, gives birth to a pink calf. So that's, uh, kind of good here. It's not saying in the report where in the world that this is happening or what zoo or anything. So where it's happening, I don't know. But I know where all your news is happening right here on the Brian Wallenberg show. Sorry, I'm out of time right now. Please drop me a line at comments at Brian Wallenberg.com with any feedback and check out my website. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks
0: for listening to The Brian Wallenberg Show. To learn more about Brian and this radio program, head on over to www.brianwallenberg.com and click on Brian Wallenberg Show for contact information and on where you can listen to the show on the Wallenberg Radio Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?